welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Today is Aspire. We also have in the program, there's a place that you can take notes, and I encourage you to do that, and you can follow along, use them in your devotions. We began last week with the Thrive series. Uh, I believe the Lord placed on my heart this series taken from uh, Thessalonians because we face times that are very parallel to what they were living in. Thessalonica was a very advanced, a very prosperous, very influential city. But the cultural norms were against anybody that would claim a God as sovereign. And so when Paul preached in Thessalonica and a church sprang up, um, Gentiles started coming to faith in the Lord, and um, but, but he was so concerned about that their faith would thrive because there are severe um, repercussions if you went against the norms and the cultural values of that society. In other words, it was very much like ours today. You can worship who you want, but just don't get exclusive in your worship. How many understand what I'm saying? Don't claim that Jesus is the only way, even though that's what God's Word says. Don't do that. If you want Him reduced to on the same level as everyone else, okay. And so that's what they're facing. Well, what happened? Paul, Paul uh, sent um, for a report, and, and, and so individually, uh, so he had someone go, and they came back to Paul, and they said, Paul, the greatest thing has happened. They're not only surviving, they are thriving. And the church is growing in spite of what is going on. And Paul commended them uh, for their flourishing faith in, in, we could say, faithless times. They were thriving. And in chapter 1, the first five verses, he commended them for their work of faith, for their labor of love, and their steadfastness of hope that put something inside of them and he encouraged them by saying, Beloved, I want you to know that you have been chosen by God. And God wants us to know today that we have been chosen by him. We're in the family of God because, not because we are better than anybody else, but because we've, we have received the free gift of salvation that God made to this world that couldn't go to him Jesus Christ came to us, and he loves us in the family of God because we have received that, and we now have a relationship with God. And the days that we live in, I think it's extremely important that we, that we thrive in our faith. If we don't thrive, we will just wither away. And I want to talk with you about that today. I want to talk with you about what Paul, what I call the word aspire. Uh, aspire is, now I'm not going to ask what's in this 
bag because uh, that can be dangerous. And I don't want anyone even to guess, but I'm going to show you something here. How many of you all know what these are? Yeah, yeah. One says Ken Griffey Jr. That was my daughter's softball glove back in the day. This one is a Wilson A2000. It's in the Wilson A2000 series. And what I've come to and what I know after studying and just researching is this, that our aspirations determine our destination. And for we as individuals, that is true, but for the church, it is true. And what God has for us, his plan and his grace is that we can thrive in the middle of situations that would come against us. So when I was a kid, we were, I lived in Maine, and the only baseball bat I had, because there wasn't a lot of money to go around, was, was my dad made a bat for me. out of a, He carved it out of a piece of two-by-four. And he got me a throwback. You know the throwback that you put in the yard? And so dad was a pastor, but it, it, was, a, it was a smaller church, and he worked as a carpenter. He worked in the potato fields. He worked logging. And I would come home or in the summertime, and I was just a kid in the parsonage. Man, I'd throw that ball by the hour, just all by myself. But we didn't have a baseball glove. If you can't afford a baseball bat, how many know you can't afford a glove? We moved to Pennsylvania in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And we lived on 36 South Franklin Street. And lo and behold, we were just a block away from my elementary school that had a real baseball field. It was the greatest thing in the world. And the guys, we'd play pickup games. And my father bought me a baseball glove. And what do you think I did? When they gave me that glove and gave it to me, I took it to bed with me. Yes, I took it to bed with me. I clutched it like this. I mean, it was better than any teddy bear could ever be. I now had something. And so I grew up aspiring to be a ball player, and I would look at these heroes, Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays. I, I just loved the Say Hey Kid. I just loved what he did, you know, and, and he developed the, he was known for his basket catches and and running and catching the ball over, over his shoulder. And that's what I aspired to. And everything I did, it was about that. And, and uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I didn't have the physical tools to be really good. But I kept fooling myself anyway. And so later on, when I could afford it, I bought this glove, the Wilson A2000. This is Wilson A2004. And that's what I aspired to be. But it directed my life, and it gave me something to hope for. For the church of Jesus Christ, if we will set our affections and our aspirations on serving the Lord, if we will turn from this world and serve Him, 
we will 100% thrive. We will thrive. And I believe that the days in which we live will demand a church that is all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I believe. But I believe the future is bright if we do that. In fact, C.S. Lewis said these words. He said that, he said, a proud man, you can substitute whatever you want, a weak or distracted man, or someone has affections this way, this way, or that way, is always looking down or around on things or people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, he continued, you cannot see something above you. If our aspirations are here, our strength will not go there. Robert Browning, the great poet, said this, a man's reach should exceed his grasp. How many have heard that? But there's another part. I was really surprised he said this because he, 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 didn't, he was an agnostic. He said, a man's reach should exceed his grasp or what is heaven for? Talking about how important it is to have something beyond ourselves to live for. A, a poet, a Spanish poet in the 1800s said, Life is a petty thing unless it is moved by the indomitable urge to extend its boundaries. Only in proportion, as we are desirous of living more, do we really live. And I want to bring this down. What Jesus has promised to you and to me if we follow him is an abundant life. But abundant life comes from all-in aspiration and aspiring to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. How many you, you hear what I'm saying this morning? I have a couple of grandsons, and one is here today, but they love playing baseball. There's a difference between them and when I was six or seven or eight, nine and ten, and that's this, they have this encyclopedic knowledge of baseball. They trade cards, they collect autographs. It's like, you know, I, I bought a Brooks Robinson autographed baseball for $100 in a plastic box. You know what, I'm, I bought that and I said to my grandson, what do you think of that? And he said, oh, I already have one of those, right? But I'll watch them. I'll go to the games and I'll watch them. And I, wa and I just watched like, you know, and I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, that's Manny Machado. That's what he's aspiring to be like. My other one that was six, seven years old, little Chase, the contortions and the things they got, what's that like? He said, oh, my hero is so-and-so. And what we aspire to will define our life, but it also determines our destination when we, when I, I also played, an, I liked every sport, and I played them, but once again, I, I can't claim any, any greatness. But I played some football, and in the Blakely Bears locker room, and we were known because we had won 52 straight high school football games, spanned four and a half years, and championships, we were what they called a Class C school with a graduating class of 75 to 100. But we played schools of 2,000 and 2,500. We're a good football team, coached by a former All-American. They smoked a stogie, and, you know, back in that day, it was a different time and day. But they said when, when the going gets rough, 
the bears get tough. And church, I want to encourage us, today is the day that we live in. It's not to give in, give out, not to cave in, but this is the day because the Lord has chosen us for us to bow our back. How many know what I'm talking about? Bow our back, not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And when we are all in for the Lord Jesus Christ, we will thrive. We will thrive. We will thrive. I want to encourage you today to look at the end of the book, the Bible, at the book of Revelation, and see this, that one day, Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the heavens are going to split wide open, and he is going to come, followed by the armies of heaven, and that King of kings and Lord of lords, he will set up his kingdom at the end of the book, says this, that the followers of Jesus Christ, God's will and purpose will win. Can someone say amen? So let's live as though we're on the winning team, not like we're ashamed of the team, afraid of the team, or that we are looking down or around at what's going on us. And as we aspire, we will thrive, praise God, amen. And we do intend to do this for another hundred years if the Lord doesn't, and then someone else can indeed take over. All right. So I want to share some things with you this morning, Paul, that he talked about aspiring. The first thing was he commended them in so many words because they were completing the cycle. So complete the cycle. He said in verse 6 and 7, you also became imitators of us and of the Lord having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. Complete the cycle. Go for the cycle. If you're a baseball player, that means a single, a double, a triple, and home run all in one game. Go for the cycle. Jesus talked about the word of God, when it, when it spread, that it, it is sown, and there's power in the word of God, and God works in that, and it grows, and then it brings another harvest. Wednesday night, Wednesday night, I sat in the Regenerate class. We've had to We've had, Wednesday night was our first night of, we've shifted a lot of stuff around and stuffed a lot of people in places. All right. And so, um, we can't use Friendship Hall. It looks like about four months, something like that, till everything is finally all done and, 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 and the punch-out list, then use and occupancy, that whole deal. So, we, downstairs in the basement, and... So we fixed it up. We had temporary plywood doors locked so you couldn't go in the construction area and bare block walls and this, that, and the other and paint peeling. So we got, all, got that stuff painted so it looked better. And, and so I just wanted to experience what it was like. Is it really bad down here? What? Well, here's the deal. We had 21 people there and uh, it was a marvelous night. But why I was bursting with pride, it hit me. In the middle of this, um, as we begin to worship, Julie Stauffer was leading worship, right? Just a keyboard, simple, she's leading worship. And then Rebecca Clooney, Becca, 
was leading the Bible study and did a wonderful job. I mean, a wonderful job so that, like, my wife is looking at me and she's, oh, that's good. And Marilyn McAvoy, who, you know, she's been their Sunday school superintendent for a long, long time, and her heart and passion is Christian education. And she's there, and she's like, you know, and, and I find myself saying, what's she going to say next? This is good. This is good, not, oh, what? Let's, <laughs> the time's about to be over. It was edifying. It was well done. It was, it was researched and that whole deal. But why I was bursting with pride is because these are young ladies who have been in the church. They've been baptized. They've come to faith. They have families that love God. And you have invested and you've taught and you've discipled and you've modeled for them the faith. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking I'm there like the spiritual grandpa or no, granddad, just dad. Let me put it that way. I'm there like the spiritual dad, and I am bursting with pride because these young adults are carrying this baton forward. Complete the cycle. We are not a church that's one and done. We are not a church that tries to have to fill the sanctuary on Sunday morning just for nickels and noses, but we do not care really what goes on in the nursery and with our kids. We care deeply about that because it's about completing the cycle so it's handed on to the next generation and they continue on, praise the Lord. And so he also said this, he said, you welcome the message with joy. This is in your notes. You, you, you welcome the message with joy in the Holy Spirit, even in the middle of affliction, in tough times, in rough times when the world was coming against us, when the, Maryland, when the Maryland House representatives passed the assisted suicide bill this week. Anyone catch that? It was unthinkable even a year or two ago. Unthinkable. In fact, I was just reading just a week or so ago that if they probably wouldn't dare to bring it up again because it'll, it will it will. It will fail miserably. It passed. It passed. And part of the reason is we are now electing people and displacing people that at least had some semblance of biblical values or traditional values with those who uh, they're being labeled as progressive socialists where God is not in the picture. And what my understanding is, I was talking with some people that are on the inside. They said, and the, the establishment is scared to, they're scared to death of these new young ones. And so we're passing things that would be unthinkable just a year or two ago. Now you say, now listen, I'm not saying this for, for you to get all riled up and we're going on the war path. No, you need to vote. If you're a Christian, how many know you need to vote? But your vote is not enough. We'll get to this in just a moment. But what it is, friends, it's indicative of the time in which we live. This tide is rolling in. But the boat of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's made to float in all circumstances. How many know that? It's made for the rough seas. And so while those things are happening around us, 
This is the time that we say, yes, Lord, we're going to complete the cycle and we will welcome the message with joy in the Holy Spirit, in the, even in the middle of affliction. In fact, I want to encourage you. Martin Luther said, if Christ wore a crown of thorns, why would his followers expect only a crown of roses? But as we aspire, we will thrive in the Lord. And then Paul said, you became imitators of the heroes of the faith. And there are plenty of heroes of the faith who are at grace and also beyond grace in the Christian world. But he also said, you became imitators of the Lord. And our note says, fix our eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1, 2 says, therefore, let us run. See, therefore, seeing we're surrounded with so great a cloud of witnesses in this race, let us lay aside every sin and the weight which does so easily beset us, and let us race, run with patience and endurance the race that is before us, fixing our eyes upon Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and endured the shame that is set down now at the right hand of our heavenly Father in heaven. Praise God. He's the champion. He's won. We run this race fixing our eyes on Jesus. Can someone say amen? amen. Yes, that's our aspiration. That's where we set our sails for. And then become a model of faith for all. It's complete the cycle. The second thing Paul said was this, is to ring out your testimony. He commended them that they sounded forth the testimony. It was the word of the Lord, but they, they, they carried the word of the Lord. Their testimony validated it or proved it. Paul also wrote in another epistle, he said, you, you are our epistles, living epistles, known and read of all men. We are epistles. And so he said this in verse 8, for the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone forth so that we have no need to say anything. In other words, this is so marvelous. Here's the Pharisee of Pharisees, this blue blood, this member of the tribe of Benjamin. This advanced man had been of Jewish background, had been converted and fell in love with Jesus Christ but historically, the Jewish people, the Gentile people, have, they've not got along. It's like, it's like cats and dogs. And because of the power of the gospel, the power of the gospel, because they received the message with joy, and because Paul had experienced a deep, deep life change because of the gospel in his heart, he now is commending them as brothers and sisters. Can you believe it? a Jewish person in that context calling the Gentiles brothers and sisters. And he said this to, to them, that the word of God has rang out from you. The gospel is not the presentation of an idea, but is the operation of a power. It is the power of God for salvation. I was at a, a thing for ministers the other day, and, and it, was, it was very good. It was on leadership, and, and the, the, uh, the person who was teaching said, he said he gets his best 
and cr most creative ideas in the shower. I sing best in the shower. Anyone else? You sing better in the shower? Yeah. No one tells you to be quiet because the bathroom door is shut. They don't care what you sound like, you know. Just. But I do get, I get ideas. And today, this morning as I was showering, this came to me about the power of the gospel. There was a, a song, and songs come and go. And I hadn't heard this one in years. It says, you don't have to leave here like you came. Bound, afflicted, tormented. For the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You don't have to leave here like you came. The power of God's Spirit in our life, the Word of God, the Gospel, is the power of God for salvation. And so, I'll give you a quick Greek lesson because this is the only word I know. No, I know more than that after a couple of years. But uh, just the word ring out is you pronounce it ex echio. Can you say that? Ex echio. Ex is out of. Echio is, we shorten it to echo. So the echo, the sound that echoes out of us, that's what he said. It's the sound of a, of a bell or a trumpet call. It's the roll of thunder. When I was a kid living up, up near Scranton and, and between the two mountain ranges in the mid-valley, I'd lay there at night. I'd be scared to death because, oh my goodness, we'd have these lightning storms and the thunder would echo back and forth between those mountain ranges. And in my mind, it was like, God must be bowling again. You know, it was like, smash, coosh, and then, rum, 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 you know, and then, and then after, then another one, it'd light up our bedroom, rum, 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 rum. you know, and I just thought it was, but it sent a message, you know, and what Paul says, their testimony rang out, and what, God's Word calls us to aspire to is that our testimony rings out clear, unmistakable, dependable. We like to do some boating and fishing on the Chesapeake Bay, and, and, and the federal government has guidelines for buoys and channel markers, and there's some that they use that have a bell. They're called channel, they're channel markers, buoys with a bell. And how they work is by wave action. They don't work with solar power. They don't work with it. They just work with wave action. Not all channel markers make sound. In fact, most don't. But some have lights and some have sound. And the purpose of that is, here's the deal. It's by wave action. So when the wave rocks it, ding, 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 ding. But the stronger the winds the more it rings, ding, a 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 ding, because it's easier in the storms or in the fog to get out of the channel and run aground. And Paul said, for you and for me, let our testimony ring out, ex echo, echo out from us of what God has done inside of us clearly and consistently. 
aspire to it. He said, let it ring out inwardly in the community of faith to encourage others, to guide, to guide our kids and new believers and each other and outwardly in our community. This is what God looks like. My desire for grace today is that we ring out clearly in the community and what they hear is, this is what God looks like. We love each other. We're patient with each other. We're all in. We, yeah, we sacrifice. But in the middle of tribulation, we've received the word of the gospel with great joy in the Holy Spirit because we're not just followers that wear a crown of roses. We've decided we're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Ring it out. So we have a board meeting this Tuesday night, and I sent the message out, and so I, I get a thing from Gary Smith, and, and uh, just absolutely love Gary and his wife Nora, and Josh is here, and uh, Joanna is probably here. I'm at, yeah, all right, yeah, probably working somewhere in the church, I don't know, but Josh is home from Liberty, and he's getting ready to go into ministry. And so Gary says, Pastor Paul, I can't come. I'm, I'm going to be up in Maine speaking at a funeral of a childhood and longtime friend. The funeral is Tuesday night, so I will regretfully have to miss the board meeting. Here's a brief summary of a testimony along with a prayer request. I grew up with Eldon. This is Rumford, Maine. Rumford, Maine. Is that right, Gary? Around Rumford? Yes. This is what Rumford, Maine was famous for. Is Rumford, uh, that's where they made the baking powder. How many of you all, you know what that, Rumford, that's where that comes from. And they logged, it's, I believe it's on the Andescroggan River, and it's, it's a small city. But they log, and, and it's just, it's a, that, I mean, it's, it's, that's where men are men. That's all I can say. So, yeah. So I said, I grew up with Eldon with my earliest memories being from kindergarten. Listen to this. We played sports together and were close buddies, which continued through my college days. After college, about the time my life came crumbling down, he went into the service. We had not seen each other for 28 plus years. A year or so ago, we connected on Facebook. And I, I just want to say this, you know, Facebook is not evil. It's what you make of it. How many understand that? So, but as a follower of Jesus Christ, don't put dumb things on there. Weird things. Right? Hello? Amen. So he said, Eldon commented on various posts of mine, and I did likewise. I received a text at 2.30 a.m. back in January, and he wrote what I saw as a desperate text telling me he, he was just diagnosed with a rare brain disease and he was dying. He said after he heard that, he knew that he had to come and talk to Gary. I prayed with him on the phone and shared a few thoughts with him, and four days later as he traveled from Georgia to Maine, where he planned on spending his dying days, he stopped at my house to visit, accompanied by his two adult daughters, he was on a rapid decline. Long story short, he was gloriously saved on January 26th. 
Nora and I witnessed a beautiful touch from God on this family. We had a nice breakfast with them. He peacefully passed away on March 5th, that's last Monday. Please pray for me. My hometown, he was popular and loved, a loved man from a huge, hardworking, logger family, and I expect many to be there. My classmates, most I haven't seen in 30 years, will be there. Pray that the gospel will have free course and I will have the right words to honor my friend's memory, my family, and God. Thank you, Gary, for a testimony that has rung out. You have a testimony. We never know when God will use that testimony to touch somebody. And it's not always a testimony that of deep, deep trauma. Sometimes it's a testimony. Our testimony is not just how we're saved. Our testimony is how we live out our salvation. How many understand that? Ex echio. Ring it out. Ring it out so that someone else can be touched by it. We praise God. I want my life to ring out. How about you? Clear, consistent, dependable, hopeful. And then Paul said, you turned and you served the living God. Verse 9. For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven. I'm going to have the band come if they would right now. We're going to combine the last two points. Whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. The early church, there were three descriptors of the followers of Jesus Christ that were accepted. It was turn, serve, and wait. Turn, serve, wait. He said, you, he commended them and tells us to turn to the living and the true God who is, a, who is alive and powerful versus the dead idols of this world. Letting God do his great work inside of us. And then he said, serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. And then he he admonishes us and encourages us and describes them that they waited for his son from heaven. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, that is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. This is our blessed hope. Remember as a kid waiting for Christmas time. Remember the songs, you better be good, you know, Santa's coming to town. Not, you'll find out if you're naughty or nice. But we had a, we had a, had a Christmas list waiting for Christmas, for Christmas morning. And it sort of changed the way, we were on our good behavior. We just didn't want to, I guess, jeopardize anything. Although I don't think my parent would have made any difference. You know what I'm saying. They love this. But Paul says 
if we will wait for his son from heaven, it's called our blessed hope. And church, we will thrive. We don't hear a lot anymore about the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's when the church goes through affliction, that's when you hear a lot about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he is coming again. That's good news. And you talk about this, completing the cycle. You talk about, this is the big cycle. He is coming back for his church. And we will be resurrected by the one who has been resurrected to live with him, our blessed hope. Paul said about Jesus, the resurrected one, he offers salvation and not wrath because all stand before a holy God. It's appointed unto, one, unto man once to die. After that comes the judgment. We all stand before a holy God who loved us, sent his son to us because we couldn't come, we couldn't get to him. And Paul went on and said, he comes to rescue us, to rescue us from the effects of sin and rejecting God, but he comes to appear for salvation. Praise his name. Amen. That's what it's all about, friends. Amen. So I want to encourage you. I want... I, I'm determined to thrive. How about you? I'm determined to thrive. I'm a contrarian by nature. My wife will testify. She just has with raised eyebrows. Don't tell me what I can't do. You know what I'm saying? Don't tell me no. I don't just tell. It's like that since I've been a kid. Don't tell me I can't throw rocks over the house because I'll break a window. Guess what I'd do? As soon as my parents were in, I'd throw a rock over the house, break a window. I had to learn for myself. But I kept on doing it in spite of it until I could throw it over the house. I'm determined. My, my hope is fixed on Jesus Christ and nothing else. How about you? Grace Assembly of God, we're going to thrive in this day and in this day ahead. They told, listen, people said, you don't want to build. Do you know what's going to? Why don't you just settle and take it easy? You just talk to the wrong person. I hear saddle, not settle. How about you? I hear there's more people, more kids that need Jesus Christ. That's what I hear. I don't hear about, I'm just going to settle and ride away into the sunset. No, I, I'm determined that we're going to thrive. I'm determined that my family that's away from God, I'm praying for them because I know God has chosen grace and chosen me to be his testimony and some of them are going to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise his name. I'm determined that Harford County is going to hear the testimony of grace assembly ring out clear, 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 clear. And part of that is because our hope is fixed on Jesus Christ. One day he's coming back. When I come, when he comes back, I don't want to escape by the skin of my teeth. How about you? I want to be sucked up like the retractable central vac hose, just sucked up away, no dragging me around. I just go, whoosh, and he's gone. That's the hope that Jesus Christ talks about, praises. I'm going to stand just for a moment. I want to pray for you. Then we're going to sing this song. And as we're singing, I'm going to, the prayer teams, I want you to come quickly right now. Just come right now. The prayer teams, just come. You bow your heads with me for a moment.
How many along with me say, Pastor Paul, I, I am determined. I, I, by the grace of God, I am going to thrive in these days ahead. I aspire to thrive. You'll just raise your hands along with mine. That's me. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I've read the back of the book. We win. I'm going to act like a winner. Can someone say amen? I'm not afraid. I'm respectful. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Praise his name. He's got a plan for me. I want my testimony to ring out clear, loud, and attentively in the strong name of Jesus.